Grammar Girl here. I'm Mignon Fogarty, and this week I have a quick and dirty tip about the difference between a while, one word, and a while, two words, and a meaty middle with tips for writing great dialogue. And now let's talk about a while, which likes to confound us by having a one-word version and a two-word version. A while that's two words describes a time. We have the article word a before the noun while, and that article is a sure sign that you're dealing with a noun. Notice in the following sentence that you could replace a while with another article noun combination, such as a year. It's been a while since Squiggly tried Marmite. Or you could say, it's been a year since Squiggly tried Marmite. Both of those sentences describe a length of time. A while is more general and a year is more specific, but they're both a length of time. Actually, when you use a year like that, it's also usually at least somewhat general because it probably hasn't been exactly a year since Squiggly tried Marmite. But I digress. Let's get back to a while because we still need to talk about the one-word version. A while as one word means for a time, and it's an adverb. Notice in the following sentence that you could replace a while with another adverb, such as quietly. Go play a while. Go play quietly. Finally, just to make it confusing, if you rephrase go play a while and replace the adverb with a prepositional phrase, you need the noun again, because an adverb can't be the object of the preposition. So it's go play a while, one word, the adverb, but go play for a while, two words, an article and a noun after the preposition for. The quick and dirty tip is that a while and a while both describe a vague length of time, but you use the one-word version when you need an adverb and the two-word version when you need a noun. To tell the difference, you can test your sentence with other nouns and adverbs. If you can replace a while with another article and noun, such as an hour or a year, you want the two-word version. If you can replace a while with another adverb, such as quietly, longer, or briefly, you know you want the one-word version. And now on to great dialogue. We've all been out in public minding our own business when a distinctive voice caught our ear and we just had to listen to what it was saying. As humans, we're drawn to interesting conversations, and you want your reader to be just as compelled by your book's dialogue as they are by fascinating people they love to talk to in real life. Dialogue has the power to establish a character's voice, express thoughts that can't be expressed through exposition, and form relationships between characters. But how do you craft dialogue that feels real and true to your characters while engaging your reader? When you're writing dialogue, it can be tempting to have your characters talk at length. First, because you created your characters and know them so well, you probably have a lot of ideas about what they'd say, and you may be eager to include their best lines in your manuscript. Second, since dialogue is an effective way to give the reader information about your characters, you may feel you have to cover a lot of ground in each conversation. But instead of writing longer... Write smarter. Try to write dialogue that mirrors the way people really talk. This varies from person to person, of course. 
Some people speak in short, clipped sentences, while others like to drone on for minutes with barely a breath's respite. Generally, though, most people speak in short, concise sentences and let the person they're talking with respond before they go on. If you have a character who's speaking in big, long blocks of dialogue, consider breaking their dialogue up into shorter, more digestible portions so the reader can follow what's going on more easily. Dialogue can be a great way to tell the reader things they need to know about the characters, the world of your book, and the elements of the plot. And dialogue is vital when you're trying to have a big effect on your readers. Compare the power of these two sentences. First, Jimmy turned to Jill and with a sigh said, I love you. Second, Jimmy turned to Jill and with a sigh told her he loved her. The first sentence, when Jimmy actually tells Jill he loves her, that feels much more immediate and real than the second sentence, when the narrator tells us Jimmy declared his love, which feels passive and removed by comparison. Writers can sometimes fall into the trap of including information in dialogue that the character who's being spoken to already knows. Watch out for dialogue that includes phrases like, you know, I already told you, and remember when? Phrases like these indicate that your speaking character is repeating something that the person they're talking to already knows, which can leave the dialogue feeling forced rather than natural. Next, avoid creative dialogue tags and adverbs. Dialogue tags are the verbs used to indicate how the dialogue is spoken. The most common ones include said and asked but there are countless dialogue tags available to writers. However, even though so many dialogue tags exist, using one of the more common dialogue tags is often the best choice. Why? Varying your dialogue tags and using phrases like she chortled and he threatened can distract the reader and draw attention away from the dialogue. Use these less common dialogue tags sparingly. In addition, avoid explaining how dialogue was spoken by following your dialogue tag with an adverb. For example, if your character says, I'm angry, you can simply use the dialogue tag, he said, rather than he said angrily. Since you're already telling us he's angry through dialogue, there's no need to repeat the information. One surefire way to make sure your dialogue is working is to read it out loud. Find a friend to reenact the dialogue like you're reading a script, or read both parts yourself. This will help you catch spots where the dialogue feels forced, lengthy, or clunky. Are there any phrases you trip over? Do any of the sentences feel more formal or rehearsed than how most people talk? Your ear can pick up things that your eyes can't, so reading your dialogue to yourself in the final stage of revision is a great way to make sure it rings true. You can even record yourself using a voice recording app on your phone and listen to it later when you have a little distance from the writing. Ask yourself if it would be the kind of audiobook you'd like to listen to. That piece was written by Kat Brzezowski from Swoon Reads. If you have other questions, Swoon Reads is happy to answer them for you. Check out their writing guide and email them any of your pressing questions on writing, the editorial process, or about publishing in general at swoonreads at macmillanusa.com. Finally, thanks to Jay Sanchez Perry, who tweeted that he just discovered the podcast. 
Latoya, who listens in the Bahamas, Jason, who listens in his car going to and from work, and Douglas, who listens while walking his Andalusian hound around the streets of Seville, Spain. I'm Mignon Fogarty, better known as Grammar Girl, and you can find all the Grammar Girl articles at quickanddirtytips.com. That's all. Thanks for listening. <laughs>